what if there were a fountain of youth pill that could add decades to your life? Would you take it? Unlocking the Fountain is a podcast about the mysteries of aging and the scientific quest to slow, stop, or even reverse it. When do you think we're going to have the first 150-year-old? I think that person's already alive. Unlocking the Fountain. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. All right, so first up, are you recording? I am recording now. There's this thing you may notice at this show and others that our stories often start with a name. Hi, my name is Trevor Alexander Campbell. And the name, that is then used to volley us into other details, like how people see themselves. I'm a comedian and a writer. But it starts with a name. Our names feel personal, intimate, which is funny because they're often also shared, at least in part. In high school, there was one other Trevor, and when I passed this other Trevor in the hall, but felt like we had to acknowledge one another. (laughs) Oh, like there's the other Trevor, hey Trevor, hey Trevor. Yeah, so I remember walking past him and just like nodding, like, you know, like, thank you for your service as another Trevor. Have you ever met another Trevor Campbell? Well, do you know, it's funny, actually, because when I bought the URL to make my website, there was another Trevor Campbell... And uh, his parents had bought this URL for him. And, you know, one of those vanity websites for kids that's like Trevor's first year in football. And it's like some little blonde haired kid clutching a football for dear life. And I could not. They kept renewing this URL for this kid. So I could not get my hands on the URL I wanted for years. So I do know at least one other Trevor Campbell exists. Wait, did they just lapse and then you you jumped on it? Or did you have to write to Trevor and say, give me the URL? No, I played it real cool, and then I had no mercy for that kid. The moment that thing lapsed, I bought it. (laughs) Okay, so sometimes when it comes to our names, it's a hostile takeover. Like Trevor Campbell's and, well, other Trevor Campbell's website. But other times, it feels more like a friendly wave from a stranger who seems oddly familiar I've seen one other AC on the internet, and I lost my mind. I was just like, my people, my my person, my one other person. It's a weird thing about names where no matter who they are, no matter how different they are, when you find someone has the same name as you, it feels like this weird sort of cosmic, like, uh, notification. A ping of life. Yeah. Being like, oh, you have to pay attention to this. You have to pay attention to the universe. Yes, it's like this is the first clue and something else potentially is going to happen. And that ping that something is going to happen is what today's episode is all about. I'm AC Rowe, and this is The Doc Project. Today's story is about a woman named Anna. More than one, actually. And how that link, their name, has ended up making their lives just that much more magical. Trevor Alexander Campbell, we'll take it from here. Before I'd ever met Anna McLean, I'd heard her name. She'd been enrolled in the same theater school as me a year ahead, but then she'd taken a year off. Now she was coming back, and it felt like the whole school was rumbling in anticipation. Anna is the funniest person I've ever met, said my friend Rochelle. Stanley swore that she was practically a genius. Philosophy, physics, anything. She's too smart for music theater. 
When someone brought her up in front of one of our teachers, they'd immediately grin. Oh, Anna, they'd sigh in mock exasperation. The head of our program got a bit solemn. She's very special, he said enigmatically, furrowing his brow. And when Anna finally appeared, a blunt-banged brunette in jean shorts and Ugg boots, we were able to make our own assessment. And sure, the rumors were true. Anna was and is funny, smart, bursting with energy. But the reason everyone had something to say about her was because she's unusual. Lots of people are easy to describe. Anna isn't. She's surprising. A few examples. For our second year dance project, most students prepared something conventional. A short jazz routine or a bit of ballet. Anna danced the story of a bayou alligator who had accidentally become trapped in the New Orleans sewer system. She played the alligator. When she couldn't attend a friend's house party, she wrote her apology as a sonnet, which she hand-delivered to their home tucked into a six-pack of beer. She spent several summers selling grilled cheese sandwiches and bottled water at fish concerts. Every situation she walked into seemed to instantly become cinematic. The kind of larger-than-life story that we'd share and reshare. No one was like Anna Marie McLean. Which is why my mind was blown when Anna casually mentioned, years after we'd become friends, that someone was like Anna. Exactly like Anna. There were two. Okay, my full name is... My name is Anna Marie McLean. Anna Marie McLean. Two Anna Marie McLeans, born thousands of kilometers apart, but whose lives would become cosmically intertwined. Almost exactly the same age, but no relation, no connection, no common thread. Just a coincidence. I mean, what else could it be? Fate? The name alone didn't seem that huge until we started uncovering more things that felt huge. And then we were like, well, obviously we are aligned. (laughs) And it's interesting how life just puts us together. We haven't had to go out of our way to end up in the same place at the same time. To help keep things straight, I'm going to call the Anna that I met in college Anna 1. The other Anna will be Anna 2. Don't read into it. It's just the order that we met. For me, the moment I heard about the other Anna, I just needed to know more. Like, maybe you work in an office with two Sarahs. Or maybe you even know two people with the same first and last name. That alone is unusual enough. But two people with the same full name, first, middle, and last. How does that change a person and the way they think about themselves? Let's start at the very beginning with Anna 1. My parents actually had a name all set for me um, when I was born, and it was Mary, which is kind of funny because I don't think I seem like a Mary. But then tragedy struck in Nova Scotia. A body was found, an infant, not too far from where Anna One was born. The whole province went into mourning for this nameless child. And they named her Mary. So my mother was like, oh God, we can't name her Mary. And my father's mother said, what about Anna Marie? And everybody liked it. And I'm sure my mother, who had already given birth, was just like, just get something on the birth certificate. I don't care. (laughs) So you were on track to be Mary. And then very last minute, you became Anna Marie. Yeah, it was a, a divine intervention. 
As for Anna too, it was more of a sibling intervention. Sibling and sibling. You know, it's fine. I'll just let her tell you. I know that my sister was allowed to give me my middle name. So I know a little bit more about the origins of Marie than I do Anna. Why did your sister choose Marie? Uh, she had a girl in her daycare named Anna Marie, who she really liked and just wanted to name me the same as her. Okay, so in Canada in the early 1980s, being named Anna Marie, it wasn't exactly mind-blowing. But Anna Marie McLean. Our names are spelled the same too, like M-A-C, capital L-E-A-N. For both of our Annas, the name felt like a fit. I did start doing ballet when I was pretty young, and I did ballet into my adolescence and early adulthood. So I liked the fact that Anna meant grace or graceful. You know, I feel like it was my destiny to be named something completely delicate and and beautiful sounding and then be like clumsily falling through life, breaking things, burning bridges, lighting dumpsters on fire, and all with this classy stately name. <laughs> so, two Anna Marie McLeans, born on opposite ends of the country, and a one in Nova Scotia, and a two in BC, with the exact same name. And soon, they would find themselves in the exact same place. When Anna too was in grade 10, her family moved to Halifax from BC. That's how both Annas wound up at an audition for Neptune Theatre's Junior Performing Arts Academy. Both Annas were interested in the performing arts, though different mediums. Anna 1 was a singer and actress, and Anna 2 was a dancer. I auditioned as this like shy new kid who had just moved there, didn't know anybody. And I had like a classical ballet piece prepared, but <laughs> I, I had a feeling that I hadn't made the cut. Um, but then two weeks later, they called and said, like, congratulations, you've gotten into the company. And I was thrilled. But then two minutes later, they called back <laughs> and said, we've made a terrible mistake. Like, we didn't realize there was two Anna McLeans on the list and we've called the wrong one. You weren't supposed to get into the company. Being accepted into the company had meant a lot for Anna, too. Not only because she was a new kid in a new place, but her dad had just passed away. Anna, too, was really struggling. I was only 14 when he died. And, um, yeah, I had lost everything, like just my, my friends, my school, uh, my, my dad. And me choosing to audition for this company was kind of the first positive step I had taken of, like, embracing our situation because I was dead set against it. I was like, we're not moving to Nova Scotia. And, um, so when I told my mom I wanted to audition for this company, she saw it as a really hopeful sign. Like, okay, maybe she'll get involved with that and then we'll start enjoying her teenage years. <laughs> so when they heard she was the wrong Anna, Anna Tu's mom was not having it. When the company told her about the mix-up, she suggested a compromise. Surely there was something Anna Tu could do. And so they agreed to let me in as an assistant stage manager. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll take it. I had known that there was an Anna McLean because when they phoned me to ask me to come to the callback, they were like, funny story, there's another Anna McLean. And I don't think she knew that her part had temporarily been given to me by accident. And then when I got to the callback, I was in line and my friend Bruce, with this incredulous look on his face, 
came over and he was like, Anna McLean, meet Anna McLean. And I'm telling you, time stopped because I looked at her and I said, what's your middle name? And I knew she was going to say Marie. I just knew she was going to say it. That was, you know, pretty mind blowing. And she said it and I was unsurprised. Not because it didn't feel monumental. It did. But to Anna one, there was something about this that just felt right. Preordained. I just stayed cool as a cucumber. And I think she did too. Like, I think maybe she believed me, but I I don't quite remember. But right from the get-go, they are very different. I mean, sure, they are both generally artsy kids, but their personalities and the ways that they moved through the world were strikingly different. One is a reserved ballet dancer. The other is, uh, what was it again? Clumsily falling through life. Right. Well, Anna and I, on paper, at that age, didn't seem to have a whole lot in common because she's actually, she really embodies that grace. She was a dancer. I was a singer slash hilarious sidekick. (laughs) You know, we really were cut from different cloths in terms of, like, in the small world that we existed in. I think that we're pretty different, really. Like, she's very extroverted and um, outgoing. And I think maybe the way we connect is our sense of humor. But I think I'm just funnier when I'm around her because she's always laughing and just finding the jokes. They were pretty different. If they hadn't had the exact same name, maybe they wouldn't have even noticed one another. Maybe it was superficial. I mean, it's just a name. But despite their differences, they became friends. Our bond didn't really deepen until a couple years later. So it was like a steady, it was a slow burn of a friendship. After a few years of doing shows together in Neptune's youth program, Peter Pan, A Midsummer Night's Dream, they moved up the ranks together. I think we were some of the only two who, like, while we were still in high school, we got apartments in the city because our rehearsal schedule was so demanding that you don't want to spend so much time driving in and out of Halifax. So at the same time in our lives, we were both, you know, on our own, starting to experience independence for the first time. And yeah, we had some shared interests. We definitely used to do a lot of karaoke together. (laughs) And I don't think I could compete with her karaoke. It's just, it's something you had to see. (laughs) And we were going deep. Like, we were going to be, like, serious actors. Like, you know, no fluff. Like, we, I was like, I don't know about musicals. (laughs) Like, I really, we wanted to change the world through our acting. You know, I started reading Karl Marx because I just wanted to know more and more and We just wanted to know everything there was about humanity. Do you remember the first time you met someone who really seemed to get you? You've spent your whole life developing this secret world in your head that's full of thoughts and feelings, questions that you're dying to answer, all of the things that you think are unique to you. And then suddenly you meet someone who, in an instant, seems to understand your whole inner world? That's what happened with the Annas. They spent so much time together that the whole cut-from-a-different-cloth thing that Anna One had mentioned earlier, it didn't apply so much anymore. At some point, we started wearing the same clothes, like just sharing our wardrobe. And we spent a lot of time on 
buses together or just in the van? The show we were rehearsing for was a touring show. So touring from place to place. Everything we did was together. (laughs) We would, you know, have breakfast and lunch and then dinner and rehearsal. So we worked on like speaking in unison. My name is Anna Marie McLean. (laughs) We wanted to be able to sound like the same person saying our names at the exact same time. And we were just joined at the hip by that time. Inseparable, really. And I think we probably really were annoying for all the other people sharing this van with us, but (laughs) we thought we were very funny. It was the golden age of the Anna Marie McLeans, where everything was a shared experience. Even a brush with the supernatural at the Economy Shoe Shop, which is actually a restaurant and a bar. Anna, too, was old enough to drink, but Anna, one? She was like almost 19, and I lent her my birth certificate. I got to know them. So eventually, like, they were just like, hi, Anna. And I'd be like, hello, please give me like a Long Island iced tea, which is something like an adult would never. <laughs> like, does anybody over 19 drink Long Island iced tea? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we were sitting there and it was one of those, uh, some of those evenings were just so magical. Magical because they were together right on the cusp of living their dream as professional actors, young and optimistic and sitting at a bar with their mentors. Life was just right. And we were sitting there and the two of us were on one side of the table and I just looked up and I saw like what clearly seemed to be a massive UFO. No one else seems to notice. And then I said, Anna, look, like, look. And she looked and I was like, does that not look like a UFO? And she was like, it does. Just like the first time that they'd met, the unusual seemed unremarkable. It was just another bit of private magic, another thing that they, and only they, could share. Whatever they saw, a UFO or a Long Island iced tea-induced trick of the imagination, they took it as a sign that they were on the right path. And then it just slowly moved away, and we didn't point it out to anyone else. We just enjoyed it together. AC here. We need to take a quick break. Coming up, the Anna Marie McLean coincidences continue, even on the other side of the world. Sit tight. I'm Jonathan Goldstein, host of Wiretab. Each week you're invited to listen in on my telephone conversations, whether funny, sad, wistful, or even slightly strange. You never know just what you might hear on Wiretab. I mean, I knew you had a show. I just, I just didn't think that people actually listened to it. How are you? That's the breath of your genius, Jonathan. It's not just that you're funny, but you can be cripplingly, poignantly depressing. The Wiretap Archives, available on CBC Listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. After high school, the Annas moved to different cities and spent their university years apart. But whatever force tied them together, it stayed strong. Without knowing it, we both planned to go to Korea. We were both teaching English in Korea at the same time. And I only found out because I had come back from South Korea. I didn't stay there too long. I think we actually didn't even see each other while we were in Korea because I got there right around the time she was leaving. But the funny part of that is that We had this mutual friend that we met separately. Like, we didn't meet him because of one another. A bit more than a friend, actually. I hung out with him a few times when I was there, but he lived in Busan and I lived in Sokcho, which is pretty far away. Like, 
It's on the same coast. And I went down to Busan to visit him. And I left a shirt there. Anna One leaves South Korea. And then, independently, through a completely different network, Anna Two was introduced to the same guy. And uh, they clicked, if you know what I mean. When I saw him there, we met up, and he gave me two of Anna's shirts. I think they both called me together in Busan, and she was like, I'm wearing your shirt. (laughs) And I was thoroughly confused. Like, how do you two even know each other? Uh, But they did. She told me to keep them, and I started wearing one of them, and I think I donated the other. Neither Anna ever saw the other in South Korea, but they both had a brief romance with the same guy at different times and didn't realize it until afterwards. We just had the same sort of journeys. We went to the same places. Like, we have pictures of ourselves in the same places, especially over the course of the years. When decades passed and we kept running into each other in strange and magical ways, I committed to the whimsy. But there were plenty of smaller, more casual moments, too. Like in university when Anna 1 lived near Toronto and Anna 2 was visiting from Halifax and they happened to bump into one another on the street. We didn't really see each other until we were crossing, you know, Bloor and Spadina near the, the Bata Shoe Museum. We were crossing this, the crosswalk and I looked over and she was just walking towards me and I was walking towards her and we were like, hello, Anna. <laughs> it sounds like, including the first time you met, you've never been surprised to see her. No, no, I I am not surprised when I see her. And I feel like she's just, maybe she's surprised when she sees me, but there's definitely a calmness and a, like, I just accept her presence. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that we're meant to be there for each other. No matter how much time passed, they could just pick up where they left off whenever whimsy threw them back together. These days, Anna 1 lives in Halifax and Anna 2 is in Toronto, a reversal of their university years. The best thing about having someone with the exact same name is that I feel capable of being sort of a messenger of her goodwill. I remember one time this somebody reached out to me and they were like, hey, I found your ID at like some club in Halifax. And I was like, oh, no, I, that's not me. But I can reach out to her. I'll let, I'll let her know that you have it. <laughs> So I'm, like, happy to be a conduit for Anna. Do you believe in fate? Trevor, I choose to believe in fate. And I choose to believe that people come into our life for a reason. I think that the way that we met, the original accident, letting me into the play, even though I wasn't supposed to get in, really impacted my life in such a meaningful way. It gave me a sense of belonging and a sense of purpose. And I ended up studying theater in university and doing a lot of work in communities to facilitate dance and theater. So there was like several decades of my life just wouldn't have happened that way if it wasn't for meeting her. That's really remarkable because I did just realize the reason that you were brought into that program. I mean, if you'd had a different name, they just would have said, sorry, you didn't make it this year. I definitely didn't make that cut. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like this amazing opportunity that just wouldn't have been there for me had this accident not happened. The guy who made the phone call actually started referring to me as his favorite accident. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. 
So why did Anna Marie McLean come into your life? Because we we we're just friends. We needed a good solid friend. I will be her friend forever and she will be my friend forever. And friendship is a very powerful thing. What role did the name play? Anything? Or was it just sort of the foot in the door? No, it was not the foot in the door. It was sort of this encouragement to blossom into the most genuine and sparkling version of Anna that your heart desires. Because that's what she's doing too. Yeah. And there's just ripple effects from that. For me, you know, it doesn't matter if it was coincidence or fate because of what we've made it what we've turned it into and therefore it has it's it has its own magic whether or not the earth is empty and meaningless or if there's a grand scheme of things one of the things i love so much about this story is it's such a vote for optimism and for the strange sliding door moments of life where we least expect it. Also, even sometimes in our weirdest, silliest moments, that to me is fade aside. That's magic. That makes me believe in a magical life. That's what we always wanted, to believe in a magical life. And this is when I reveal that my birth name is Anna Marie McLean. (laughs) Anna Three! If we were to check in again in 10 years, I bet the Annas would have a whole new set of strange stories to laugh about. But now, it's not just about them. They're both mothers. And I know what you're probably thinking. What are their kids' names? My daughter's name is Rose. Her middle name is my mom's name, Judith. Rose Judith. We named my son Sam. They didn't check in with one another before choosing names, so there was always a chance, however slim, that they'd pick the same thing. In his oft-quoted book, Happy Birthday to You, Dr. Seuss writes, There is no one alive who is youer than you. And sure, no one is youer than you. But sometimes, it's nice to find someone just like you. Someone who knows your thoughts without you having to say them, who has the same sense of humor, who believes in the same kind of magic, and maybe even has the same name. Sometimes it's nice to look beside you and, just for a moment, see yourself. Hi. <laughs> Hold on, let's start again. Let's start again. Hi. Hi. My, My name is Anna Marie McLean. And I'm, and I'm from, from Nova, Nova Scotia. Scotia. <laughs> that doc was produced by Trevor Alexander Campbell with Julia Poggle. It was edited by me and mixed by Tanera McLean. No relation to either of the Annas. Our digital producer is Althea Manassan, and our senior producer is Allison Cook. I'm AC Rowe. Thanks for listening. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.